Hello, and welcome to The Goldmine, where you can find new investment insights from your favorite financial writers every day. Where to begin? Okay, first of all, nice to see everybody. I like seeing pictures of people in squares way more than I like seeing black squares. This is really important. I know I've talked about this before. I won't dwell on it. We have a lot to get to today, but the ability to see each other once a week, once a week, it's important. Don't put me on black screen and multitask me. I don't do that to you. Anybody ever have a conference call with me where I, where I put up the black screen? Can you imagine? All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love seeing everybody. Everybody looks happy, healthy. Skin is glowing. Got that summertime glow. Guys look great. Even you, Michael. Listen, we're going through what can only be described right now as a renaissance. I, I don't know any other way to put it. How else? How else could I, could I explain uh, what's happening here? If I don't use that word, I feel as though I would be uh, understating the, the points that I want to make. So let's start with uh, the portfolio side. This summer, we took a big step forward. We worked with an outside provider during, uh, proj- during uh, Operation Unicorn, and we put together a fund a special purpose fund specifically for our clients, a series of a fund specifically for us so that our clients could access pre-IPO large privately held venture-backed startups. Not angel investing, not throwing spaghetti at the wall, but companies that are within three months to three years of going public, very well capitalized, marquee investors, very, very high level pre-IPO startups that are on the runway. And we put that together and it doesn't make sense for most of our clients, but for the clients for whom it does make sense, we now have a terrific solution. So it's not a spaghetti fund. It's fairly focused on trying to find the right companies with the right backgrounds and the right people involved with the highest potential to go public. And they won't all be winners. Not everything in those, that portfolio will work. That's not the expectation. But listen, this is an area that is part of the equity investor experience. The lines between public and private equity have never been more blurred. There are $20 billion valuation and up pre-IPO companies in modern day America. Fidelity and T. Rowe Price are using 1940 Act mutual funds to invest in them. We can't ignore the asset class. We can't ignore it, okay? These are companies that in an earlier era would have come public with a valuation of 500 million and worked their way up to 20 billion while trading on the NASDAQ. That's not what's happening now. We are reacting to changes in the environment for the benefit of our clients. It's not easy, it's hard. We talked about the nightmare on the paperwork side to get accounts open, funded, approved, countersigned, et cetera. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It's hard, but we did it anyway, and we're going to do it again, and it'll get better. My dad used to talk about selling 
uh, my dad's uh, business basically was doing knockoffs of Dr. Scholl's. So whatever their products were, like heel cups and insoles and stuff for like foot calluses. I don't want to really want to get into the details. It's not important. Um, but he was making the cheaper version. And a lot of it was sold in catalogs. And then a lot of it was sold retail next to Dr. Scholl's. So they would sell something for $11.99. And then my dad's company uh, would sell it for $7.99. And, uh, you know, not bad. Kept me in in uh, Nintendo games and Z Cavaricis, right? Okay. Uh, but he used to talk about doing business with Walmart. When he first got into Walmart, he used to talk about how that made him a better company. His systems were not equipped to deal with Walmart when they wanted things, the amount of stuff they wanted, the way they wanted forms filled out, the way they wanted deliveries to arrive, the size of the packaging, things that he never had to worry about selling through a catalog, mail order. And Walmart is precision. That's how the prices are so cheap. They were doing high-level logistics acrobatics decades before Amazon was even founded. And Walmart made my father's company a real company. Okay? I want us to be that way. So when we start working with the vendor that I'm talking about for something like a venture-backed pre-IPO fund, they weren't ready for us. They've never dealt with an RIA like us. They will. They want to be in this business. We made them a better company. We delivered to them a list, I think, of 36 or 40 points on everything from customer service to admin to legal to compliance to disclosure, all the stuff that we found lacking in their process. Not to be obnoxious, but just to say, hey, we want to we do another fund next year. You got to clean this up. You want to work with us. This is what we need you to do. And implicitly, I think when you do that, you're saying to a company, it's worth you making this investment in your processes and procedures because we're going to pay you more. We're going to be a better customer for you if you level up and become a, a better vendor to us. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Our vendors need to level up if they want to deal with us just like we need to level up to be able to onboard the quality and caliber of clients that we are now onboarding. More on that in a moment, okay? So I like this idea of us being so on point and so organized and so about it that the companies that want to do business with us have to improve in order to, to, to be in our orbit. That's how it's going to be from now on. That's how it's going to be. And I'm, I'm going to empower Anna to let that be the first thing she says. I hope you're ready for us. Hope you understand how much money you can make from working with us, but also the level of expectations we have. If you're going to do anything for our clients, you can't be a mess. Our clients expect a certain level of service, precision, transparency, et cetera. Are you ready for that? If you're not, come back in three months. Don't waste your time. Don't waste mine, right? That's where we're going as a firm. That's going to be the rep from now on. I love it. Fresh on the success of that, Michael, Ben, Blair, Dan, Barry, the investment committee, 
they are working on a cornucopia of different solutions for different uh, issues out there for our clients. Income solutions, um, looking at areas where we can diversify fixed income, looking at better solutions to help clients understand how their outside crypto holdings might affect their financial plans. And we're even working on some internal uh, crypto situations for clients where that might make sense. This is a very difficult time to sit on an RIA investment committee. I'm sitting on a panel at SALT uh, in two weeks. I'm on the wealth management panel with uh, another RIA founder, and we're going to be moderated by an editor from Investment News. And the theme of it is like the challenge of being able to talk to both existing generations of wealth and the next generation of wealth. It's not, it's not as simple these days. Here's a 60-40 portfolio with bond yields at record lows and stock market valuations at record highs. It's just not as simple to have the same conversations that advisors have been able to have for decades. And increasingly, if you're working with the millionaire class, you're going to be working with people who have made their money in technology and who have investments in things that even two years ago, you would not have considered an asset class. Get used to it. You don't have to like it, but you damn well better learn the language. This is as exhilarating and as challenging a time to be in wealth management as any I can remember. This is the nature of the conversation that we're going to have uh, at SALT. It'll be at the Javits Center. There will be thousands of people there, many of whom work in wealth management, probably most of whom work in some version of asset management. Wall Street. Like that, to me, is the big conversation. How do you pivot at 1030 in the morning from a conversation with a 73-year-old about a required minimum distribution from their retirement account, and then 15 minutes later at 1045 a.m., Talk to somebody who wants us to connect the Gemini account that they're holding seven figures worth of ETH and BTC. Like how, how does a financial planner have those two conversations back to back? You don't have to like it. That's the world we're headed toward. Sorry. Wasn't my idea. Okay. This is just what it is now. That to me is a fascinating conversation. More to come, but your investment committee is on that shit. Okay. All right. Uh, what else is going on? Last week, we updated our uh, ADV. Two new items in there. College planning. As a breakout service for the sliver of clients within the firm who have teenage children and it might be applicable for. It's not everybody. That's why you can't wrap that into the wealth management overall fee because why would clients who are not taking advantage of it be paying for that? That's why it's a breakout fee. But for the clients that would find value in Anthony Isola bringing his expertise to bear over a series of four conversations to help them select the right vehicle to fund college and help them make decisions about which college based on, in part, the financial solutions that exist – that is hugely valuable. My daughter's 15. I'll be working with Tony. Paying the full freight, by the way. The way that's going to work, 
there'll be one price for people who are not Ritholtz Wealth clients. And then for Ritholtz Wealth clients, there will be a substantial discount for Tony's uh, uh, advice and, and service. And you, the advisor who brings Anthony into that situation, are going to be putting another feather in your cap in the eyes of the client. They're going to say, thank God for you, Ben Coltard. I didn't know how I was going to do this. Thank you for bringing Anthony to me. It's going to work. It's going to be great. We also updated the ADV to let people know or to to uh, basically just commemorate the fact that we now have a tax practice. No money is changing hands yet. We're still in the process of putting together the offering, the software, the way it'll be billed, the way we'll estimate what that will cost for a client who wants us to file taxes. According to the bills, there are upwards of 70 households that have already expressed some sort of interest or who would be good candidates for that service. Again, it has to be charged as a breakout service because not every client is going to take advantage of it. And it's very, very different from, from managing money. It overlaps really nicely because we're already doing tax consulting for our high net worth clients. And a lot of them want us to finish the project. Why can't you just do this for me? My accountant doesn't know what's going on. I don't have an accountant. I use somebody different every year. I'm doing my own taxes. I don't feel like spending my time doing that anymore. And you probably are better at it than I am, right? That's what we're hearing. So we have sprung into action. We have made hires. We are making dollar figure investments, everything from software programs to E&O insurance uh, and, and the whole gamut of the things that you have to do in order to set that up. But let me remind you, our CFO, Bill Sweet, was a practicing uh, uh, accountant filing taxes before he was a financial planner. Let me remind you that Bill Artironian has filed taxes for, what is it, 100 families uh, a year? What were you doing? 50 families? 250, Jeff. 250. We're not throwing darts here. We have ninjas among us. RWM tax is going to be a wonderful add-on service for the households that we do wealth management for um, who need that help from us. We're going to give it to them. Won't make sense for everybody. A lot of people that we work with are happy with their accountants. That, that's great. But for those who aren't, we now have another way that we can please and delight uh, those families and make their lives easier. How else would you describe all of this as anything other than a renaissance I'm not sure how you would. Dina, Emily, Blair, and Anna have been working behind the scenes on a project that is near and dear to my heart, and I believe will be the start of something significant for this firm. My friend Haley Sachs came to me and said, I want to do something for Mother's Day for all of the single mothers who have been affected by the pandemic and who aren't stock market millionaires. She said, it's nice to see the economy's opening up and the Dow Jones is hitting new highs. But all I hear about among my Instagram following are single moms who have not gotten the benefit of the stock market bouncing back, have had their finances ravaged by the pandemic and its aftermath, are not working, are home taking care of kids, do not know what to do financially to get on the right track. Nobody is doing content for them. Nobody's paying attention to them. They don't have enough money for, to, to pay anybody to give a shit. Well, we give a shit. 
because when I went to Blair and I went to Emily and I went to Dina on Slack and I threw the idea out of us being involved in this program, it took three minutes. No follow-up questions. We want in. Three minutes. So I've asked Anna and and, uh, Dina, Emily, and Blair to jump in on these calls with Haley and her team. They selected moms. I think we're working with 10 women. Um, There have been bi-weekly meetings, entire reams of content put together specifically for this. Like I'm talking about PowerPoint presentations, homework assignments, worksheets for the moms. We're doing this for people who don't have any money to pay us or anyone else. Why? Because it's the right thing to do and it feels good. And if we could do this for 10 moms and we've put together this content and now we know how to work with people who aren't paying us, but whose lives we can have a definite impact on, why couldn't we do it for 50 or 100? I'm so excited about this. Literally, you can't, I don't know if you could see this on Zoom. The, the hair on my arm is standing up. Okay. It's hard to say. I have blonde hair on my arm. Okay. Listen. A lot of the stuff we do, there's no ROI attached to it, at least not immediately. But we always talk about the three goals of the firm, one of them being the spiritual enrichment of our employees. Well, it's pretty damn spiritually enriching when you have people that you're helping and giving information to that no one else would give them and helping them get organized and set up to improve their children's lives, their own lives. What could be more spiritually enriching than literally changing the course of someone's life for the better, knowing that you're doing it and seeing the tears in that person's eyes, the tears of joy and gratitude as a result of that work. Can you think of something that would be more enriching than that? Like maybe rescuing an animal. I don't even know. Like, like, I don't even know pulling somebody out of a, out of a burning building. Like what could be better? So we're in the very early stages of this. And the ladies have put in a lot of work on the content side and I think have learned a lot. Stay tuned because the next version of this that we do is going to include a lot more personnel in the firm and I think be done on a much bigger scale. Not that scale is all that matters because in the end, we're touching people personally and and their real lives. In the way that we do for wealthy families, we're now doing that for families at every level, which brings me to the next thing I want to talk about. And that is liftoff. Spoke with uh, Matt this morning, spoke with Michael yesterday. Here's what's going on there. Talk about a renaissance. This was a firm that had a stated minimum of 500,000. Then we raised it to 750. And unofficially, we were talking about a million dollars. Now the minimum is zero. It's enough with that bullshit. Everybody deserves access to quality financial advice. Everybody. I won't go so far as to say it's a human right or it's enshrined in the U.S. Constitution, but I just know deep down in my heart that the right thing to do is find a way to work with people and meet them where they are, especially when they're your fan. Don't forget, we're not advertising for clients uh, on the internet, on Facebook, right? Everybody that comes to us, they're consuming our content. They're fans of ours. I never liked the answer. Sorry, can't help you too. You're a millionaire. That's when that, I mean, that, 
just that concept alone is so off-putting. Just when I say it out loud, how gross it sounds. Well, those days are over. We have 350 households now on the liftoff platform as of this morning. Unmute yourselves. Give that a round of applause. I wish I could say, I wish I could say that's all happening on an automated basis, but nothing could be further from the truth. That is the work of Matt and Ben Coltard and various people, Patrick Haley uh, over the years, lots of people within the firm have had to touch that in order to make that happen. 350 households are now getting high quality asset management and financial planning advice as a result of us using technology um, and people, people power. Right. So Matt is on the phone now every day speaking with investors who have between two hundred fifty thousand and a million dollars and are on their way to qualifying as wealth management clients. They're not quite there yet. They're in the accumulation phase. Matt is working with these people, onboarding them pretty much every day. We took in a million bucks this week. There's twenty four million dollars on that platform. There's $130,000 in inbound deposits coming into liftoff every month. Anybody want to bet that number doesn't go to a quarter million, then a half a million, then a million? The snowball effect that comes as a result of that is massive. Those 350 households will very soon be 500. And then soon after, before you know it, will be 1,000. And they're not just clients, they're fans of the firm. And we are helping them in a way that most people don't care enough to. And many of them will become full-blown wealth management clients in time as their assets grow. And some of them won't, and that's okay too. So we have a tremendous technology backbone, thanks to Betterment. I'll be speaking with Betterment CEO next week, Sarah Levy. Um, Betterment's going to go public this year. They're going to do an IPO. Hopefully not a SPAC, but who knows? They have a story to tell Wall Street. And part of that story is going to be working with advisors as a custodian or as a TAMP. I don't know what you would call uh, what they're doing with us, but they are the technology side. We've built the portfolios and we are the advice side. It's a wonderful symbiotic relationship. They win. Our clients win. We win. Wonderful. It's affordable. It makes sense. It's the right amount of technology. It's the right amount of human interaction. We are doing these things, I think, very well, right? So I'll be talking with Sarah. And I think that their advisor business is probably internally one of the things that they're most bullish about, or at least they should be, or at least they should be. So we're a big part of that, a growing part of that. And uh, I, I just can't give you guys a, a, a enough on how much work Matt has done to get us there. And Ben Coltard is now talking with people 250,000 to a dollar, right? The next rung down. Ben is working with the smallest accounts of the firm. But what what better way to increase Ben's amount of time talking to people, Ben's reps, working with clients, solving problems, answering questions, what better way? So this is what they call a virtuous cycle. We're helping clients. And as a result of that, we are bringing on our next generation wealth management clients at an earlier stage in their life. And oh, by the way, that's helping us pay for young up and coming advisors 
And those young up and coming advisors at the firm, like Ben Coltard, like Cameron Next, they're getting reps and training in such a way that almost no RIA would be able to provide them. How many RIAs have 350 households with under a million dollars, some of them under $100,000, that they can train their advisors to help? Very few. That's a virtuous cycle, and it is ongoing. And I'm so proud of the work that we've done there. And we're going to drive that even further. Way more to come. So when I throw the term around uh, renaissance, I mean, again, what term would be more apropos? I can't think of one. One more thing I want to get, two more things I want to get to. We talk about human capital and how important the people who work for for us are and how the people who uh, work for us really are the true assets of the firm. Well, we're taking concrete steps to not just say, say that as a talking point, but to really demonstrate that both internally and externally. We're working very hard right now recruiting a human resources professional to essentially build that department from scratch for us. So we've done a lot of human resources work on an ad hoc basis. Most of it has fallen on Anna and Bill, right? We've done a lot, insurance, 401k, uh, making people equity partners, hiring, uh, giving people raises, coming up with uh, formats for different ways that we can use variable comp. Like we've done a lot in that regard. I don't mean to minimize our accomplishments up until now, But guys, if we really mean it, that the people of this firm are the assets, then somebody's got to be in a position to really support us when we say that and to really make that something that's tangible and and that we we can feel every day. And that's what I want from a human resources director. So we're not in a rush. It's not crunch time. I don't care if it takes us six months. We will find the optimal person for that role, somebody that all of you can talk to about anything going on in your lives, in your health, in your in your needs, in your in your financial situation. Right. Like that's this person is going to be empowered to listen and then speak to me. Let me know what's going on so that I can make this firm a place that everybody is truly happy and healthy to be at. Like that's that's the level of importance of this role. This is a person that's going to be in all of your lives. So we're going to be very deliberate. And I want to thank Anna and Patricia for leading that hiring process. Anna has done an incredible job with recruiting all year long, anytime we've needed someone. And Patricia has hired probably over 100 people in her career at FINRA. Do I have that number right? How many interviews have you done, do you think, to have hired 100 people? 1,000? 500? Maybe about 500, yeah. Okay. Rest assured between Anna and Patricia, we have the right people on the front end of this search. We're going to find somebody who truly uh, belongs uh, in, in our culture and can help us drive it forward. We're hard at work on that. And I hope to have uh, announcements on that sometime later this year. But again, no rush. Very important work. Um, I want to thank Alex for the work he's done. I know this is going to sound jokey, but I mean this with all sincerity on the fantasy football league this year. I think we have 14 people participating in 12 teams. Alex, do I have that right? Um, we, Hi, uh, sleeveless have, Alex. Hi, should I roll him up further? <laughs> yeah. Please do. Um, we have uh, see like, no one wants to see me like this. You know, we're just looking at you. You look handsome. 
Um, we have 14 teams and 15 colleagues participating. All right. Awesome. Hey, I just want to say thank you for running this. It's a, it's a labor of love for you. Alex is not compensated to run the fantasy football program. But guys, this is important for camaraderie. This is important for us to, to have fun with each other and get to know each other and have something other than work in common, right? Have something other than work to talk about sometimes. So I love the random channel on Slack. I love that there's a dedicated fantasy football channel. I love that the people who are participating in this are having fun. There are some jibes back and forth. There's healthy competition. I know my 12-year-old my son is bothering you guys for trades all day. I apologize. You don't have to feel guilty like you have to do trades with him. Please <laughs> keep that separate from your and – I, and I told him to stop harassing everybody. Uh, but then he told me that Bill is harassing him. So I, I don't feel that bad. Um, it's true. But it's just, listen, Alex is doing that. Alex does the, 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 the Super Bowl pool for us every year. This stuff is important for team building. So it's not a joke. It's like, you know, it's not that serious either, but it's like part of the glue. So I, I just want to say thank you for that. Here's the last thing I want to do. I am pleased to announce after consulting with Erica and with Chris and with Bill, that Colleen is now our newest client service rep level two, effective today. So round of applause on mute. She has earned it. She has done the work. She has mastered the various skills involved and anything that she hasn't mastered yet, Erica tells me, she's very far along in terms of training. She is crushing. She is crushing. So I was very proud to be able to uh, announce that Catalina was a CSR level two. Colleen joins Catalina. Uh, of course, there's a compensation bump, which she will be speaking with Bill about later today. Uh, Well-deserved. Um, but I want people to understand that the human capital of this firm is not just who's bringing in money and who's talking to clients, right? It's not, it's not about rainmakers. This isn't Morgan Stanley bullshit, okay? Everyone who touches our clients, everyone at every level within the firm deserves the same amount of recognition and respect um, and, and ability to prosper and move forward financially. Everybody at this firm. And in many cases, and I know Erica is nodding her head somewhere as I say this, in many cases, the relationship between the client service rep is even closer than the relationship between the advisor and the client. Nobody's going to say that shit at a conference, at an advisor conference. Nobody's going to go on Michael Kitts' podcast and say that, right? No financial advisor is going to say that. I'll say that because I know it's true. So uh, another round of applause for Colleen, our newest CSR uh, level two. And uh, we're just, we're so proud of you. We're so appreciative of all your work. Everybody that works with you is just delighted and, and thinks the world of you. So thank you for all your contributions. Bill, call that lady when we get off this, uh, when we get off this, this conference call. All right. I know we went long. It was worth it. I wanted to give everybody an update. It truly is a renaissance. All of you are part of that renaissance. Okay. All of you are a very big part of it. Let's keep it rolling as we head into Labor Day and let's come back strong. We'll have our meeting next Thursday because Monday we're all off. I want to wish everybody a great weekend. Stay safe and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is brought to you by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities mentioned on this podcast. If you're new to investing, check out liftoffinvest.com to get started with us today. Sorry.